we're live right on man yeah what's up not much dude we're uh you're here i'm back one year later well i like 11 months 11 months you came yeah. out in what i think you july came out july and yeah. then when when did you come back again october that's right you went for, for, we went bear hunting yeah but it was super hot still yep and it stayed hot it stayed like actually like right after you left it cooled off yeah yeah so welcome guys this is our second podcast that we filmed this is yeah second we well like like third probably we did we did one in here and then we did like a uh on screen one and then we just i mean i we haven't had time or even some of the some of the connections we yeah you know so but what, but what we do have is the ability to take that cam link right yeah but it's like taking the time to edit it is a is a bear yeah yeah so but now, well, I think this episode is going to be pretty special, considering yeah. what we just uh, what we just accomplished, and yep. uh, lots of great after actions, and you know, I can even throw some B roll over over this. Oh, we could absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that would be super rad. Actually, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so B roll from the match and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We could actually fire a video up here, watch it, and then cut it. And yeah. over the top oh, yeah, of yeah. the conversation, yeah. right? So, yeah, like this is like live commentary, man. Uh, but for those, so if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, definitely check out the YouTube video that we'll post of this. I think it'll be a lot more enjoyable for you guys. But if you guys are driving to work or whatnot, we get it. Um, but yeah, uh, welcome back. Welcome to the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. Uh, my name is Philip Blao, and got my partner here. And I'm Kalen Wojcik. And, uh, you know, together we're modern day sniper, but, uh, if you're new to the podcast, this uh, podcast is for the modern day rifleman and whether you're a professional military law officer, sniper, a long range hunter, long range competitor, even just enthusiast, uh, we try our focus for the podcast is to, um, communicate relevant information in the game of long range shooting, mm -hmm. uh, to help you out with whatever you plan on doing with long range shooting just to be better at your craft and we're all students um of the craft no one's ever a master of it and uh we're just here to share our journey with you guys so hopefully you guys can um learn from us yeah i i learned i was a student this week this weekend i think we both were <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of learning that happened yeah I, dude i i think to, to to even tee this or to start this off we should like we should, we should like start like for the positional course release mm -hmm. and then like the load development and like hey wow what we're yeah, gonna there's do so much shit yeah. going on in the background well i guess how i think it was um so this actually this past weekend was supposed to be backcountry hunter course one right but because of the snow yep um <clears throat> we had to cancel it mm -hmm. and then i was like okay since that week's open let's go ahead and, and shoot our first team match yep. granite creek so that's how that went down and um and then, uh, you know, we saw each other in Montana two weeks ago for MS2A. I gave you 500 bullets of uh, the 110 yeah. tips. And um, I hadn't even started my reloading process yet. <laughs> Let's see. I started I started load development on those. I could check the Mighty Network because I made a couple posts. Right. But I think it was like the Monday. No, um, it was I started my OCW. I had some mentorship students here yeah. for hand loading. So yeah. it was like perfect. I set up three presses in there. Yep. And we just went through the, the OCW process. And I actually developed my OCW while those guys were doing it. You know what's crazy is you did an OCW test. I'm gonna crack this open here. It's my white claw. 
And um, uh, I did I did the new newer version that we we talked about with Scott and uh, with Scott Sourley, mm. where uh, you know we do uh, I did a jump test first, and then uh, I, f- I found a charge weight because I want again when, when we talked about this I was like I want to make sure we're running the same speed. Sure. Right. And so you did your OCW test, but. Um, well, you didn't know the velocity until after you figured out which groups or which charge rate you wanted to go with. Yeah. Right. Can you walk, can you walk these guys through for those? For sure. Um, so the OCW is just, um, it's an older school method of developing a charge. It's, and I think it's a little bit better. It's very similar to a ladder test. It's very similar in the ladder test to that. Instead of shooting one bullet per charge weight at a target at say 600 yards away with a ladder test, you do three bullets or three cartridges per charge weight um, and you shoot those at 100 yards. And what you do is you map out where the point of impact is, the average point of impact for whatever group it is that you shoot. So what I do is I plot that out. I, I, use, I use the Ballistic X program. I just take pictures of it. Um, and then on the X and Y plots, I set up a chart in Excel and just say, hey, charge 38.6 X plot y plot highlight that and then you build a graph you build a bar graph off of it and so what the bar graph allows you to do is see the flat spots or they're not necessarily flat they are on the graph they're flat on the graph but what we're looking for is a consistent point of impact uh, placement and then on the graph you'll watch it go down and then climb right back up again and it'll it'll be on the whatever whatever spot has the most flatness across a specific set of charge weights. Yep. That's the optimal charge weight. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're almost using well, like with today's technology, uh, Excel formats and because I wonder if they had that stuff back when they developed it. It's more back when they developed it. <clears throat> like he puts a bunch of example targets up yeah, on yeah. his website because he he wants to try to teach you what to look for in the groups mm-hmm. because they didn't plot it out uh, um, back in that, at that point in time. So when, when I started to look at it and I was like, man, okay, these group sizes can be, if you don't precisely triangulate the group size, you won't be able to really clearly see the point of the commonality and the point of impact shift. So that's where the ballistic X program comes in super clutch. Yeah. Cause you just get to see it visually instead of trying to discern because we haven't found out seating depth yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you can take a gamble. Mm-hmm. You can take a judge. So like, as an example, one of the met, one of the mentorship students, he was shooting 109 grain hybrids, and I said, hey, when you start your OCW, let's figure out where the lands are. And once we figured out where the lands are, I said, I want you at 20 thousandths off the lands. As long as that's inside mag length, he was shooting a 260 Remington. And he was just barely inside mag length. And I was like, perfect. Then keep you at 20 thousandths because I know those bullets will probably shoot really good at 20 thousand. Yeah. Then the other guy was shooting um, uh, 140 grain um, ELDMs. Okay. So we know that those ELDMs like being jumped about 50 to 80 thousandths. And so we measured his, we measured his, um, his lands and looked at mag length. And just kind of judged, all right, cool, we're going to start yours at 50 thousandths off. Okay. And both of those initial OCWs yielded um, some decent groups. Nice. Um, so we knew the chart, we knew that the seating depth was pretty close. The 260, dude, it was like we went up to the target and 
every single one of his charge weights was like a freaking, you know, the size of my finger, my pinky. Nice. Hand. So I was like, well, that, those bullets shoot really good. So now let's just focus on the charge. But even so when the groups are super tight like that yeah. and you look at the OCW on the target, you can see it. Play yeah. clear as day. Yeah. Because you're only looking at one freaking hole, hole pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can almost just draw it out on the, on the paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can just see it be flat and then it f floats around and yeah. it's like, everybody asks like on the internet when I posted that, they're like, what does the X and the Y mean? And like, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, dude, it's totally arbitrary. Yeah. It's, it's arbitrary. If you understand the concept of measuring from a datum point on the O drive of the bullet, then you'd understand the concept yeah. of the X, Y plot. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a, a baseline. Yeah. I, I think it's something that we're definitely going to go into for our plug here, master master class of reloading. Yep. Right, just different different ways. Because like I said, I did a different, I did a completely different way of, of checking my load. And, um, you know, I, 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 I shot off a, I, I shot off a freaking uh, Red Star cluster on Facebook. I was like, hey, which, where, are my, where are my friends that are shooting six Creed at? <laughs> H4350, thanks yeah. in advance. And, you know, I got a bunch of stuff, right? And mm -hmm. I saw a 41.2 at 60 thou off. That was probably the most common one. There's some hot loads, 42.4. And then, so I did I did 41.4 and like it's, or 41.2. And like I said, I did a seating depth test first where I uh, started at 50 thou, did every three thou increments all the way up to like 64. And I, honestly, like that was almost pointless because like the whole 50 yeah. to, to 60 was in a huge node, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and just start running these at like 56, right? That was my number. And then, uh, I, you know, 56 was my target. And then I went back and I looked at the, the loads that you were looking or, or the pretty much the charge weight you were going. So I knew that you, since you were stuffing only like 39, right? Around 38, 39. Well, that was where I started. <clears throat> this is interesting. Yeah. This is super interesting because we were trying to get everything lined up. Yep. And the last... So both of these barrels on this gun, that gun, are proof prefits for arc actions, yep. right? They're having witnessed proof's ability to measure stuff, it's insane. Like literally every single one of those barrels is the same, yep. right? With the exception of perhaps the run out of the actual bore itself. Yeah, yeah. However minimal that is. Yep. So I was shooting um, Nosler Brass, 108 ELDMs the out of the first barrel at 2950, 2940, and that's what I shot at um, at Idaho with 38.6 grains of H4350. Okay. Oh, that super was, that was light. super hot, right? Well, no, no, no. That was super light. And everybody would look at that charge weight and they'd be like 38 points. Yeah, yeah. Six. That's like, holy shit, man. That's like dasher speeds. And yeah. I'm like, no, bro. It's like. That's what's working, and it's producing 29.50 yeah. with 108. So I was like, okay, with these new A tips, I was like, it's got to be pretty, it's got to be close. Yeah. It's got to be super close. But then the ogive profile, of the bullet is different. different yeah. Everything's different. Um, seating depth is always is just all going to be different. So that bullet is going to interact with the throat completely different, and yeah. it's going to build a completely different pressure curve. Yeah. And so I started at 38.6 on the low end because I didn't, I wanted to shoot those at right around that 29.50 yep, mark. Yep. Well, that yielded a velocity that was like 28.60.
And so I was like, whoa, this is really... Then it was like, oh, okay, well, that's why the bullet dimensions are completely different. The profile's different. You got to, like, start from complete scratch. And that's what I did. I started from complete scratch, and then I found Note at, like, 40.2 is what I loaded. 40.2. Okay. Yeah. So uh, in the meantime, during all of this, uh, at the same time, I'm trying to break this barrel in because it was brand new from Short Action Customs because mm-hmm. I sent it over to, to Mark and Alan over. I was like, hey, uh, Kaelin and I want to start shooting team matches, but we're going to shoot six Creed because, uh, you know, the, I feel like the Creed is better at these, at these you know, field solo events. And we'll talk, we'll talk about that here in a little mm-hmm. bit versus like a BRA or, or even we, we definitely could have gone by with a 6.5 Creed more. But honestly, like after watching Trace, again, we'll talk about that here in a second, like a lot this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Like just super beneficial to have that that creed and yeah I mean um, I found a bunch of old Lapua brass that I bought a couple years back before Gunworks and um, uh, thankfully there were, there was like two hundred virgin pieces of brass that were six five Lapua I was like oh shit perfect so I I real I resized them all of them so I pretty much shot all virgin brass this week it's like for the guys that goes that the guys that are like oh I need to have one fired shit or. Trust me, after the size of the fucking targets that we shot this week, like it doesn't matter. I will run fucking virgin brass anywhere. It doesn't matter as long as the case prep is is the same. Yeah, you're producing the same yep. ammunition. Yeah, um, and that's another thing with like all of these posts that people are like the magneto, the famous magneto speed SD of four, right? The SD doesn't mean anything because the sample size is way too small. Yeah, right? yeah. So you need like a sample size of 30 plus mm-hmm. to have a reasonably accurate SD. What, yeah. what we f- should be focusing on is the extreme spread. Yeah. And, and 30, 30 bucks, so 30, <clears throat> 30 rounds with eight tips over a magneto speed. Ooh, that's expensive. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just to find out a number that doesn't really, what is it? Like it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the the extreme spread so ha- i just ran let's see i did an ocw for and i followed the same process yep. the ocw I, f- I did it for a 308 shooting 178s to get prepped for mstoa yeah. that was that's that yielded that yielded an extreme spread of like eight feet per second and you know groups in the point twos out of a little 12 pound 308 yep works right then we did it with two students in here uh, at the metroship for reloading, they went through the exact process. Both of their both of their loads yielded. The 260 had like an extreme spread of 12 feet per second. The 65 Creedmoor had an extreme spread of like nine feet per second. Nice, nice. And they were all they were both of the students were freaking stunned that their rifle would shoot that good. Yeah. Like uh, Ben's rifle went from shooting three quarter. Was it Ben in uh, Ben in? Uh, Dimitri. Dimitri. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Ben's rifle went from shooting like a loose three quarter ish down to like a point two, and he was like, "This is the most effortless shooting I have ever fucking done." And I'm cool. like, "That's what happens when a gun shoots really well. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You realize how hard you're working when a gun shoots really well. Yep, yep. You know when you're just like, oh, that's fucking how it should be.'" badass yeah so it, i mean it's 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 crazy that you and i came up almost with the same exact solution two different ways right because yep. you, you ended up what you ended up doing was you finally got a velocity and i think at this point in time i was still 
I was still scrambling with the positional course. I, I was, I had finished everything. I was just finishing edits, right. Which took a while, you know, so I, what I would do is, um, in the break of, or in between, uh, rendering, it would take mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. I'd head over to the loading room and now the resize or, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it worked out. And by the time I got done, I was like, Oh, because uh, we released Thursday and I think by uh, Thursday morning or even Wednesday night I had a velocity. oh yeah it was Wednesday night I had a velocity because I did that I did that um, my my ladder test from like mm -hmm. 30 um, I think I started at like 39.0 and worked my way to 41.4 mm -hmm. every three yeah. grains right and then I saw that huge node from like 39.3 uh, to you know 39.9 and I just used 39.6, which yielded me 30.15. Right, and that's and that's bizarre because like I needed 40.1. Yeah, yeah. I was shooting not I'm shooting Nosler brass, large rifle primer, um, and a reasonable three a reasonable freeboard dimension in that yeah, in yeah. that chamber. So it's like and you're jumping just, 70 thou now, right? Yeah, I'm jumping 70 thou. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's so, what that's what I figured out. Um, and, and I think you we ended up only being. We'll, talk, uh, we'll we'll get into this here, but we at muzzle velocity wise prior to and that was just the goal. We were only ten feet per second off in mm -hmm. theory, right? But our dopes lined up, yeah, all the way out to eleven forty five. Yeah, well, I mean, we got some stuff to talk about with that too. I yeah. mean, there was some there was some stuff happening that um, every competitor experience, every competitor experience, yep. yeah, and you know that's that's interesting, um, but but for us it was like a tenth. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's funny because people were asking, they, they were like, hey, what, do you guys always check your stuff? Because people yeah, saw yeah. us at the zero range yeah, yeah. at the end well, of day, day that Because that's bad news, right? When, super when, bad when, news, When right? you see guys the at, the, at zero the zero range, <laughs> and you're like, you're like, oh man, those guys had a bad day. Yeah. It's like, it's like actually, we, I mean, after talking to Bill, we had a really good day, day one. We did, yeah. And, and we were just checking for sanity because... It was a sanity yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a total sanity check. And, and we were, like I said, we were hitting targets... There's a couple shots that obviously we missed questionably high, but we made the appropriate correction because we believe the bullet. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that here again. And you're going to hear us say that a lot, believe in the bullet. But yeah, I mean, shit, that, it, it worked out. And mm -hmm. um, man, it was just a good weekend, man. We released Positional Course Thursday. We met up on Friday, had a great week with Pete and Marchand. And, yeah. and uh, man, so um, the, the, Granite, uh, the Granite Creek Sniper Challenge, talking to Bill, it's been going on for eight years now. That's and cool as hell. My first Granite Creek, my first RTC match actually was four years ago. I was telling you this. And was that it? That was the only RTC match that I've shot. Uh, that I that I shot up to that point. Mm, yeah. Cool. And then I shot another one um, with Bo uh, that's Cypress side. Yep. Uh, we got uh, second there. Uh, Nick and Adam took first when they were partnered up. Then I shot just last week. I shot, or the week before that, I shot uh, a quick team match with Pete. You know, because it was just in the area, mm -hmm. and uh, we had we had some fun that. But I, I use that more of like a probably just like a kind of get my head in the game with the team team style shooting. Well, dude, so I've shot I shot snipers hide. Mm -hmm. I've shot at Carl's a bunch of times too. Yep. I've shot out at Wilbur, um, Kettle Falls, and he puts out some fairly small targets in some challenging conditions. Who, uh, uh, Carl? Carl? Yeah, you know Carl yeah. and and the whole that whole RTC yeah. area up yeah. there, right? And, and then when we came out to Granite Creek, he said in his brief, he was like, 
I listened to y'all last year and you got some small targets. I hope you're happy. And I was like, all right, okay, well, let's see what we're talking about here. And in the first stage, we were just like, oh shit, he's not fucking around. Those man. are fucking small. Those are fucking super <laughs> small. <laughs> so I thought that was badass because the the things are super close nowadays, yeah. right? They're so freaking close in yeah. terms of like skill, gear, yeah. um, and the 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 field's getting deep yep. you know with with skill and that's fucking rad that's awesome but when, but when you go to a match like that that's the difference yeah right that's the difference shooting really small targets under those conditions that we had like you know most of the targets you, you had to have your shit dialed most of the targets honestly were there was a couple stages that were obviously kind of i would say Feel good stages because they were pretty decent. They, but mm -hmm. you have about five or six tenths wide. Sure. But most of the targets we did shoot were no more than four or five tenths wide. Yep. And I remember, I, like, I've been watching our videos, man. We were making like 0 0.1, 0 0.2 mil corrections just and to get just to stay on just, the center of the plate. No, just to get back to target because of tar we didn't want to. Oh, we, if we, we missed yeah. off the edge. Yeah, if, yeah. We, if we we didn't want to go too bold because then we would get put off. We would we put we'd push ourselves off the other side. So literally, like, I mean, a couple times we were like. Point three, follow with a oh man, you're just off left. Just follow with a point four. You know, don't make it any bigger, exactly. <laughs> bigger than that. Just because exactly. it's like holy shit. And we were shooting well enough that we could hold a tenth. Yeah, yeah. And see a correction. Yeah, that's right. Um, those, uh, you know, the rifles nowadays, the barrels nowadays, chambers and measuring and everything. It's just like, it's ridiculous how accurate we can get a rifle nowadays. It's pretty insane. And that's what Bill was talking about. He's like, man, like, you know, there's no sense in me putting big ass meatball targets up here. Because it's, yeah, because it's like you're not. The shooters are shooting good. The gear. all the, You're not going to yeah, learn anything. That's right. You're not going to learn anything. Man. Yeah. So we, dude, beautiful venue, beautiful location. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll just plug this now. I'll probably plug it again at the end of the podcast. But um, if you're in that area or if you want to shoot a, a, a team style match or just in the country, uh, I believe, um, and this is, uh, he, he caps it at 48. It originally was sold out, right? Mm -hmm. um, according to Bill, and then obviously a few people backed out. But now he's, he wants to try to open up to 64 next year. That's what year. he said. Yeah, he said, yeah. hey, if, 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 if I do, you know, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's totally supportable. Oh, yeah. We were finished yeah. so early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ridiculous. That's five minute, five And we got a late stages. start. Yeah, yeah. Five-minute stages. And... Um, you know, for this match, uh, the way it worked is, um, you know, we were able to essentially do a lot of our homework on the uh, before the clock, right? Mm -hmm. So the way you go up and the RO briefs us, hey, these are your targets and they're pair fire, and or there was only one stage where, or there's two stages, two stages where, where one shooter had to shoot the whole course of fire, and then the second shooter would go, which was the mover stage, and then and that. Then the Big, the big wind stage. The, yeah, like with the eight-inch fucking plates all the way out to fucking a thousand. <laughs> fucking out in that field. Blue, blue, like blue circles. These little tiny fucking dots out there. I'm Literally, like, yeah, like damn it. smaller than fucking dinner plates out to a thousand. <laughs> it was a like, thousand. We, 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 we misranged the first one mm -hmm. or the fifth one. But anyways. We only, had like, we only had a couple bad ranges this past weekend. Yeah. One or two. Yeah. So uh, first stage, the spool stage, the only stage... That was that off was of our belly. Even even on, no, on, there's two stages that were off two, your belly. There's two two stages that are were off our belly. Uh, one on day one and uh, day two. Day one, 
we start off on the spool stage. Winds were probably still pretty light. I think five to ten. It didn't pick up. They didn't much. pick up yet. Um, it, they they hit right around like yeah. new eleven thirty. Yeah. But I got stuck on the left spool, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were funny. we were walking our way out, and uh, we got to like I think target four or five, and like like my my cadence slowed down a lot because that fucking wobble would not go away. <laughs> I remember, dude. I was like, lay, I was laying there, and I'm like. I need you to shoot. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and I was I like, I was shoot. like, dude, I'm, I'm trying, bro. And, and like the clock is ticking, you know, and, and you know, we were, I think we were clean up until that point. And I was like, Caleb, I'm trying everything. I'm, I'm loading into this motherfucker. I'm pulling back. I'm like, I'm like trying to like, just like go neutral and nothing is. So I guess you could think about that from a, from like a gaming perspective. Yeah. Right. Like I had the more solid position. You could look at it and be like, Hey man, just send them, just, yeah. just send them. And we'll see if we can get them to connect. Yeah. But I'm super solid. I know I'm going to make my hit. Yeah. I know yeah. I'm going to get it because it's just sitting there. Yep. As long as like a wing call is good. Yep. So, I mean, that's a, as I shoot more and more of these things, that's my brain didn't function like that. No, before. we talked about, we've talked about this. And yeah. so now that I can see it because I got, I had a fucking hoot this past weekend, man. Yeah. I had a hoot and it was great to work with you. Um, it was great to be able to fall in and, and like click with just everything from talk-ons, there was only one target that I couldn't find. Yeah. And that was my dumbass fault for not establishing a reference point yeah. earlier that that I knew because we were kind of rushed a little bit. Yeah. And I knew that um, going into it, I was like, fuck, man, you didn't find target number five. Yeah. That's going to fucking bite you. And then, I, But my brain, I was like, hey, we'll figure it out when we get there. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll remember but the, the talk on stuff, um, like that's important. I don't want to jump around if, yeah. I'm, if I don't want to take it off in a tangent, but like the talk on stuff was super important. No, I, and that's what I actually, you know, so when we, the night before, before, you know, cause we, we met up at the Airbnb mm-hmm. again, this is our first time working together in a team capacity in a competition. And we're like, all right, Hey, what's our priorities of work? What's our workflow? Who's doing what, you know what I mean? And then we talked about, hey, establishing target reference points. What's the biggest thing that you see out there? Yeah. And that was that was assuming that we were going to be shooting blind stages, right? But because we didn't shoot blind stages, I think, at least for me, I've got a I've got a pretty good photographic memory. And I think it's just because of all the training that we do on, as an instructor and be like all the competitions that I shoot. Like yep. as soon as I see the lay of the land, like one time, boom, like my brain's got it, right? Yep. I know exactly where these motherfuckers are at. Um, you know, so... Um, and I know a lot of, sh- uh, instructor or, uh, uh, shooters struggle with that. They do. You know, it's like, how do you get better at that? It's like, okay, well, yeah, you work from big to small, but you also shoot more matches. You shoot more field style matches. Yeah. And you practice breaking stuff down. Like, yep. you know, a lot of the people that, especially out at this particular match, I think a lot of the people that were there are hunters, mm-hmm. right? So they, they're, they understand how to, how important it is to, take that photographic memory snapshot of what you're looking at because you know that if you don't, you're going to pay the price for it, yeah. right? By a lost opportunity yeah. after you work so hard to have that opportunity. Yeah. You only do that once or twice. I mean, you like imagine if you had blown it on that mule deer, yeah. right? Imagine yeah. if for whatever reason, something happened and that opportunity, like right at the very moment that you were going to press the trigger, he walked behind something and you never saw him. Yeah, yep. That's hunting. Yeah. Right. And so you only have that happen to you a couple of times before you're like, 
fuck everything about that. I'm going to do anything I can to prevent that from happening. happening. So because you work so hard to have that opportunity and, and that's where those lessons come into play. Exactly. But we're not going to learn the lessons unless we're aware of it. Yeah. So, or, or exposed to it. Or as exposed well. to yep, it. Yep. So it's the same thing with like yep. coaching students with wing calls. Yep. It's like, no, dude, you have to go do that, miss a bunch of targets, yep. and then understand why you miss them. Yeah. Because that's how you're going to learn. Yeah. So, you know, as we were putting the night before, we were putting together our, our uh, dope cards, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, again, with a 10, even with a 10 feet per second muzzle velocity off, we, we still checked our muzzle or our dope out to 1,000. And I think we were within, no, well, we were on, we, we were, were on point out to a grand. Yeah. We were on point out to a grand once yep. I passed a grand, because I mean, these bullets were flat, right? Like super flat dude. with my BRA and with my six, five Creed. Like once I start to get like, to like, I think like 500, cause I run my dope card every 20 yards. Me too. Yeah. Um, you start to see a, a two tenths difference every 20 yards. So I, I noticed that I could go probably to, I could go every 50 yards out to about 500 with these bullets yeah yeah and have enough yep resolution because every 20 every 20 yards only yielded a 0.1 difference yeah. you know so like so you, you can extrapolate exactly when you got into like and a lot of the targets were odd targets right so you're like well shit am i gonna round down or round up <laughs> round well and up. they were small enough yeah they were small enough most of them that 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 decision might matter yes based yes. upon what was behind the target yep yep so some of those targets I would have much rather missed high than low. Yeah, yeah. You know, so because of the where they, where they were. Yep. So it's it was a great learning experience, yeah. man. That was really cool. I, I think what helped us too is like okay, we established that we had a seven mile an hour gun, right? So you know, if, if you guys ever check take a look at our dope cards, uh, you know, on on the gram or on social media that we post, like. You know, we'll have our, our yardages, our main dopes, typically out to 1,000 yards, and then uh, two other columns after that. Uh, and I use it red. Kalen, I think it's blue. Yep. Right? Uh, <clears throat> is our win values, full value. Um, and there's there's no point in running the gun number because it's just the range to the you target. You know that. Right? So we, because we knew it was going to be cooking, we did a 10 and 15. And honestly, that fucking saved our ass yep. throughout the whole fucking, the, throughout the whole day one, I yeah. would say. Well, even if it, <clears throat> even then, like when I have a, if I have a rifle, that's, that's a, like a seven mile an hour gun. Yeah. Why not, why not do a 10 to 15? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because that between seven and 10, it's like tomato, tomato, yeah. right? You know, yeah. you can really easily extrapolate, but knowing that, cause I looked at the windy app, um, and for those of you guys are, that are out there like trying to figure out a, <clears throat> a better way to like read the, the predominant direction of the wind get this app called Windy. Uh, there's two of them. There's a blue one and then a red one. Um, I use them both and I use them a lot for air sports like skydiving and stuff because it kind of they're super accurate when it comes to wind speeds and directions like to within the hour. Um, and so when I looked at that report, I knew that it was going to hit right around noon. Yeah. And dude, just according to everything else, it hit and it was just like 20 fucking plus. Yeah. And so the other thing that the Windy app can help with is that where you're at, like there was some, there were many instances where we were at on the hillside. It's, we were in the dirty air, meaning where the bullet was going to be in the clean air was a little bit different than where we were. Yeah. Cause a lot of the times it felt like a fucking no value win cause it was rushing up at our face. Cause exactly. we were literally at the, 
we were we were kind of walking around the uh, uh, around the crest of the hill. Yep. Right, but because of being so hard, uh, high up, that wind is just shooting straight up toward us. Yep. Right. But at no point in time was until the last stage. Right, because fucking we got hailed on. Oh yeah, right? that was funny. Like the last stage was the only time that we held damn near straight up or within the target. Yep, that's it. <clears throat> Everything else, man, we were holding anything from like, you know, a mil to two mils. Two and a half mils was our biggest yeah. hold. Uh, 850 was mine at the, at the fucking yeah, eight right. inch plate. Yeah, that's right. It was like 2.4, 2.5. 2.5, and then, and then we went out to 11.45 on stage nine uh, at the very end there. Um, 11.45 yielded us 2.3 to 2.4. So this is a this really is like a testament to the accuracy, not only even the accuracy, but the attentiveness to the process. Yes. In terms of like, dude, I started load development the Thursday prior, right? Yep. And I had students here. I'm doing stuff during the weekend. It's not like I can sit and dedicate, you know, just sit in the shop for yep. a full day and get it knocked out. Um, but being able to, like. You know how many, like I fired about five shots to get zeroed on Thursday morning um, or Thursday evening at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah. I fired five shots to get zeroed, five more shots to get a muzzle velocity. Then I fired two shots at 900. The bullets hit center. Yep. And then I fired another five shots at 1400 and got two hits. And it was like the elevation was only a tenth off at 1400 from what Fordoff said. It's crazy. And so it hits it hit dead center at 900 cuz that was the point uh, the time of flight 1.3 seconds and then I was like okay well that was fucking easy so let's take it all the way out to 14. Yep. And check at 14 it was a tenth off. Yeah. Yeah. It called for 12 point the the data called for 122 and I ended up with 121. Yeah. So when I did after I did my load development and I did my ladder test. I was like, all right, I'm going with 39.6. It's 30.15. And now what I wanted to do, because I, I was, the, the match called for about 175 to 200 rounds. And I was like, oh, fuck. I kind of screwed myself because I only had like 100, and, I only had like 151 pieces of virgin brass. Mm. Right. And typically when you have virgin brass and you go to once fired brass, there's a, there's a velocity increase. Right. So I was like, all right. In the case that I have to dabble into once fired brass, Right, I need to make sure that a there's no offset or a velocity increase. Mm. So what I did was after I did my 39.6, found that I loaded up 15 rounds of virgin, 15 of once fired because I knew I was going to bring both to the match. Got it. Right, and I shot my five rounds and I loaded a couple rounds of uh, you know uh, one and I shot at the, the furthest target at the range that I was shooting at was the 11.45, and uh, my first one hit my virgin brass hit the top of the plate. And my uh, once fired went over the plate, but it was only a point one difference, right? And okay. I was like, "All right, as long as I, as long as I, if I have to use uh, uh, twice fired brass, I'll come down another tenth from my dope, right? If I do have to make the switch." Thank, That's fair. Thankfully, after day two, right, or just the conditions of day two, gave us a low round count. Yeah, we so I didn't even I didn't even bleed into. Uh, I didn't even bleed in. Like I said, I, I didn't even bleed into my once most, fired brass. Most stages were six round stages. 
Yeah, for us, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's because that was a clean. So the way for, for those that are listening that maybe compete in PRS or NRL proper, um, not the NRL hunter, the way that these team matches, and every RTC match is different. Every, different. every match director has their own kind of, you know, uh, target scoring and stuff like that. Um, the way that uh, Bill Wood and Peter Howell ran their match was uh, you have up to three engagements per target. The first round impact is four points. Second round impact is worth two points. And then third round impact is worth one point. Mm-hmm. But you only have up to three. Very similar to actually our modern day sniper evaluation. Pretty much, right? yeah. The only thing is that we don't... We, we don't get... We offer an opportunity to, to make up to points. Make up, yeah, to make up points. So um, if you... If, if in most stages had a total of six rifle targets, sometimes a few pistol. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so actually, if, yeah. if, they, if they didn't have a pistol stage, it was seven targets, six, six rifle, one pistol. So in theory, the shooter, um, each shooter could clean the course of fire in six rounds. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I only probably shot like two or three, maybe not even that two other than the, the mover, and the KYL that were yep. dedicated 12 round stages. Yep. I think maybe one or two we shot over 10 rounds. I actually, I don't even ever remember doing a mag change other than the KYL yeah. and the. I had some magazine issues on you one did. stage. I was, I, was, I was watching a video when you did have a magazine issue. I want to talk about that yeah. because that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's just like yeah. straight up weapons manipulation shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't believe that I ever did a mag change at all yeah like i never had to do a magazine mm-hmm. change other than those two that required 12 rounds yeah. so yeah we always shot something like nine or ten rounds like right at 10 rounds yeah but it, they too like i i cleaned like i was watching some videos uh you we cleaned one stage together which was the the fence post stage yep um and then you would either clean one and then i would just drop one but i think there was like two or three that i only shot six rounds yeah Right, where you, you you had the same, and and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Right, it's just you know <clears throat> looking at looking at the um, you know from the small target perspective, and like going back to the testament of saying like that, like if we follow the process, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if we go, hey, we establish the load, we get it consistent, then we consult the oracle right with the computer program and we're like hey this is this this is the muzzle velocity blah 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 you plug that shit in you go check your zero set zero angle confirm at 1.3 seconds time of flight everything was cool but i took it to 14 yep. just because i needed more resolution yep. and then dude we like the morning i checked because i swapped i swapped a chassis right i swapped yep. a chassis and so i was like hey i just want to make sure that everything is cool so Got to the range early on Saturday. Check zero. Um, and I, I forgot to slip the 10th. Yeah. Right? I forgot right. to slip the 10th. And then um, everything was jiving. And we smacked a rock a couple times at 650. And we were like, all right, let's go shoot this. Yep. Let's do this. Yep. I had fired maybe like 25 rounds from this. Yeah. rifle with a tips in a training yeah. environment yeah. of like a long range shooting mm-hmm. maybe 25 rounds yeah I, I shot i shot 30 rounds and to actually validate and and just trust test. to make sure that the software was driving up with what i'm actually experiencing yes. in real results and i and i think there's something to be said about that because there are i have heard people say that like no every bullet's different and it's like i don't 
I don't necessarily believe they are different. They'll yield different data, but the number is the number is the number. Yeah. Right. So if it's a seven mile an hour gun, it's a seven mile an hour gun. Mm. You know, um, if your dope at six fifty is three point whatever, that's what it is. Yeah. You know. So once we learn how to trust that, we can literally go from platform to platform to platform to platform. Yep. And yield the same results. Yep. Yeah, you know, the so if you guys are thinking about shooting a team environment, like shooting the same, and that's honestly when Bo and I shot together and it got second behind Godarzi, we shot, we made sure that our both 140 yield EMs were the exact same. Right. Right. And we were sharing the same dope, same wind calls, right? And and you and I, right, there was a couple stages. It was actually at first, is because when you were cooking up, uh, aerodynamic jump uh, inside of your firing solution, mm-hmm. right? For a couple of stages, we got yeah. to I think it was it was a nine twenty, yeah, and, and uh, I was like I was like hey hey I'm at five four, and he's like all right I'm calling uh, mine says device calls for five eight, and I I just actually posted the video. Yep, I was like five eight, no way, dude. Yeah yeah yeah, and so so yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, making sure that we are using on the Ford off program, making sure that we're using no wind trajectory. Because it's overcooked. It's not real. Like, it's real, but it's not what it says it is. Yeah. And, and I haven't found a, you know, and that's something that I do want to talk to ballisticians about and mm-hmm. propose a question. But anytime that I ever get any of my, 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 and I teach this in class, anytime that I ever get any of my hard dope, I leave my wind on zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I overlooked. Yeah. I overlooked it and it was like, oh, okay, no big deal. And you yeah. just start, you just take it off. It's yeah. not a problem. Yeah. And we ended up having to do that. And I don't know, like there's, there's some times where I hear shooters say, uh, and I thought about it this week and they're just like, ah, the wind was messing with me. It was just like this and then this and then like that. And then I asked myself, I'm like, okay. Can you shoot, if you're shooting a one inch dot drill at a hundred yards under these exact same conditions and cadence of fire, would those bullets be going exactly where you place the crosshairs every single time? And we know that that is more often than not, yeah. not the case. Yep. Right. So even with us, like I, I don't, like sometimes I don't shoot a dot drill that well. Yeah. Depends on what's going on in my headspace or, yeah. you know, what, what am I doing if I'm shooting a dot drill once a day for a week then yeah by like the end of that week i'm going to be really fucking good at a dot drill so we got to understand that you know there are like we we do make mistakes yeah you know we do make mistakes and when the rifles are shooting as well as they are we have to be able to if we don't own those mistakes it's going to send us down a rabbit hole of saying it was the wind when the reality was we didn't I mean, there was a couple of stages where we went like maybe five tenths in terms of wind shift yeah. from when we started to when we ended it. But m- the majority of them were a couple of tenths yeah. just to keep ourselves centered in the plate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it can be a little strange sometimes. But what, what, when you we believe when we believe the bullet and we know that we're breaking completely clean shots and we know that we can verify that we're breaking clean shots with doing dot drills all the time. Like I got a lot out of what Robert was talking about when he was like, I train for matches by shooting dots at a hundred yeah, yards. Yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, there's some credence to that. 
you know, not to, not to like be like super cocky when I say this, I, I, I feel like in the way that our dialogue communicated, it was like, Hey, if I call out, if I call out a, a, a 10th or whatever, or like whatever, a point value, that means it was a clean break mm -hmm. as center as I could to whatever that windhold was. That worked perfectly. Right. And I would say other than the spool stage, every shot that I, I, I broke was as clean as I feel like I could ever make a shot because it was, it was, it was a mostly prone, right? So we had it was plenty mostly prone. We had a bunch of time. We had a bunch of time. Than not. Right. And, yep. and like, you know, I'm, I'm like watching these videos and watching my GoPro and I'm, and I'm going through the same exact things that I'm, that, that I would be doing in training. Right. Dude, going, I wish we had a trigger cam. Uh, dude, I thought about it and, so and badass. the only reason why I didn't is because you lose a little bit of, it's like wearing sunglasses, right? You lose yep. a little bit of that. And, and I feel like if I had it on, especially for a couple for the stages, long targets. I wouldn't be able to see exactly where you know, either my bullets going or your bullets were, were going. Agreed. And, um, dude, I would have loved to though. Like I even thought about, it. I was like, man, I, I'm thinking about just strapping a GoPro on. Well, let's see what the, GoPro let's see what the gen two yields. Yeah. Those are yeah, on the way. Yeah. So. so, um, no, I, I think, uh, you know, it was good. Like you, what we did every, before every stage, especially like if by the time we got into the rifle, we weren't completely sure of wind direction or wind speed we'd sit there and we'd, we'd talk like hey all right this is what a this is what a three mile an hour is this is what a five this is what a seven all right day one was more like hey this is what a 10 this is what a 15 and this is what a 20 it was pretty constant yeah and and i was like all right like i'm gonna i'm gonna open up with a 15 right which is let's say i don't know one five mm -hmm. right there's a lot of them like and that. then you know i called it out hey boom one five one five didn't work and then made a crash you know you say hey off right okay i saw it I make the correction and then it boom one eight right and that's how i'm calling me meaning that hey those were both clean shots and that was the, that's just the most amount of communication that you and i had to keep everything clear and concise yeah absolutely you know it's almost like that's an instruction yeah, yeah. I, that's an yeah. instruction yeah. at that point in time like if if i hear that and yeah you're not going to tell me uh i don't know i uh you, like no it's like hey yeah. that's what i held and that's and then if you call that out and then I watch the bullet splash and it's a tenth to the right, yep. I'm going to say in my brain, I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I'm going to hold point and, six. And there was a couple of times that we did that. We're like, mm -hmm. we both saw, boom, 1.3. Oh, man, I hit left. Use one, two. Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally. And, it, it, and those targets were small. Small as shit. Yeah. Mattered. Literally, we it had totally to make mattered. point one differences. Because right? if the wind, so like uh, the first day, the wind was, was pretty consistent. When it turned on, it was consistent yep. um, for each stage. But the other thing <clears throat> that I realized is that um, I didn't pay attention to crosswind component nearly as much as I have in the past. Meaning like I didn't get super nitty gritty on questioning myself. Is it a half value or fucking three quarter or was it a three quarter or full? And, it, and as long as we took everything down to a, a full value wind hold, everything was jiving. A lot of people still can't wrap their head around that. Yeah. Like when that, cause that's, that's all, that's all I do for my wind. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's blowing a half value, a quarter value, whatever the case might be. It doesn't matter. I'm what figuring I, out I'm what the figuring full, out what the full value, what the is. full value effect of that crosswind. So, you know, it was probably blowing fucking 30 miles an hour to be honest with you at, at a couple oh, times, several times, but you know, because of the value that I was blowing at, I was only using 20 to 20, 22, 23 sometimes. Right. You know. Yep. the The fastest the fastest wind call I think we had was like twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, so. and, and, um, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't even stress to you how fucking small these targets were guys. Like anyone that, you know, anyone that's fucking listening to this, that shot there is probably nodding their head. Like, yeah, it was a fucking tough match. And well, it was prone. Right. And so aside from, and if the wind conditions weren't what they were, yeah, we would have, we would have seen a lot higher scores on a lot of those yeah basically just because of the fact that it was prone yep and then if a guy pays attention to getting good data his bullets are going to eventually hit the target yeah. as long as he's okay on his wind corrections yep. yep right um so i i think i, I want to dip into the mental headspace of of because you know I, i'm sure the question is going to get asked like all right like how did you feel on day one in terms of your performance and like if you knew at that point we had you had a chance at winning you know and i feel like after our first four stages in our performance and just as a competitor knowing and, and knowing the caliber of shooters that were there i was like man like we are hitting some pretty fucking tough targets mm -hmm. in in some really tough conditions and like because we were connecting i was like man i know a lot of i know a lot of teams in general are going to struggle with this that are are not like in the top 5 Right. But the top, even the top five guys are going to be struggling with these impacts, but we were connecting and I was like, man, we're doing really fucking good, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, uh, and, and the score showed cause after fourth, actually after fourth place, I mean, the scores dropped dramatically. It's like 60 points. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, talking to, talking to Bill, he said that even we were even up, we were up, we were up, up at first after day one and we had a 78% hit, uh, on day one. That's savage, dude. That's fucking savage. The winning team. And, and, and like, it was so close, though. He said that, like, the top four teams were within eight points of each other, which was two targets. Right? So, it was, it was a close race. And, uh, you know, we got to, um, yeah, we, so, you know, we ended it. We, he didn't show us the scores, but, you know, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. Like, hey, you know, like, our non-attachment to the outcome was we were just showing up to, to see, have fun, to have fun, to shoot together for the first time as a team. And to just see kind of where we stacked against, again, seasoned competitors who are shooting a lot these days, right? Especially who have shot a lot together at these RTC events, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, you know, again, I had, I, I had, I wasn't surprised with our performance and, and our communication and our chemistry, obviously, because A, we're cut from the same class, B, we're fucking, you know, uh, we're obviously a team at Modern Day Sniper together. It was just, um, everything was just connecting fucking so well. And like, I mean, I, I also have to give it up to the fuck, these fucking bullets. Like, I'm going <laughs> to plug these bullets pretty fucking hard. Cause like, you know, I, I've shot a lot of ELDMs, shot a lot of fucking well, 140s, one, 108s, shot a lot of factory the last couple of years because of, you know, the previous employer that I worked for just cause, you know, it was, it was a lot cheaper to uh, uh, get and yeah, I just didn't have, I, yeah, it was available. I didn't mm -hmm. have time. You know, and, um, you know, then earlier this year I was running burgers, 105s, those are great bullets. And then, you know, these, I mean, like when I connected at a fucking eight inch plate at 850 yards yep, in 20 mile an hour winds, that's badass. I was like, I was like, all right, these bullets are for real. Yeah. Legit. <laughs> yeah. And like you, like everybody's experience with them is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. But what I noticed was that they performed in terms of load development, like a hybrid, yep. like a burger hybrid. And they have 
in insane amounts of consistency. Yeah. Um, let I'm uh, my barrel's at one and seven and a half. I think um, I think if you were to build a barrel specifically for those bullets at sea level, I would probably want to go like one and seven or one and seven and a quarter. Yeah. Uh, just because we're kind of at the ragged edge. Um, but we experienced some weirdness at the, at the match in terms of elevation that I want to know, I want to understand a little bit more of, yeah. or I want to try to understand a little bit more of. And that was why, um, why we were a little bit more, uh, why we we're a little higher. Yes. Than, yeah. Yeah. So, so essentially guys, what we were experiencing is because both Kalen and I zeroed on Saturday and we were super confident with our our muzzle velocities inputted mm-hmm. um you know around like like 450 and plus right we were seeing a 10 sometime a two tenth difference in our dope both of us more specifically you than me mm-hmm. um in terms of like hitting like the top of the plate or just barely going over well i took remember i didn't take the tenth out yeah right yeah. so yeah. um there's a tenth in there for mechanical yep uh, in terms of zero, <clears throat> pardon me, but the both of us were experiencing an additional tenth for drag. Drag, yeah. Something with drag, and we were shooting targets small enough that we could definitively say that a tenth of a mil would make the correction to consistently hit it. Yeah. And so that that's a drag issue, yep. right? That's something in the that's something in the in the in the algorithm that is. Um, either not picking up the, mm. the difference in drag that the bullet's experiencing yeah. or not accounting for it. The only thing that I can potentially think of um, is the stability factor of the, of the projectile um, at, that, at that altitude, at that yeah. density altitude. And, and so, again, I'm not a ballistician, but I try to shoot in various parts of the country. And um, honestly, like, I'm just... I'm just say this like, can you even call yourself a national competitive shooter if you've never jumped on a plane? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, if you're driving from, if you drive cross country, good on you. But there's a lot of competitors out there that you know that you know talk up shop, but have never left their home region, right? And and they stay at the same altitude. And like, like I think I talked about like when I went to the East Coast shooting my 105 hybrids, um, my axial form factor from Cody didn't line up to the performance of that bullet at right. closer to sea level. Mm-hmm. Right. And I actually noticed the same thing in California um, because I was shooting low. Right. And I got it on video. It's like I was fucking shooting low and I didn't believe the bullet until I saw my fucking trace um, until I saw my trace in the prone. Right. right, because I was like, oh, you know, when I was low, I was in a position. It was probably I always blame myself first. Sure. Fucking shooter error, Absolutely. shooter error. Never want to believe the bullet until like fucking like four times a fucking charm. And I was like, all right, something's fucking up. Well, thankfully, when I shot um, the uh, uh, the East Coast match at MKM, I think that the altitude there was only like fifteen hundred. I recronoed and I tried to use the, I think it was like a point nine seven. What I use up here in Cody. Trying to use a .97, and I was, um, I was hitting, yeah, I was hitting low, right? I was like, hmm, right? So, rechecked my chronograph, everything's good. So I just zeroed it out back to 1.0, and that was, I was fucking fine. Right. So the, so that has to do, 
from what I understand, a lot of that has to do with <clears throat> um, the bullet's procession. And, and procession is dictated by, it's basically the wobble of the projectile as it flies through the sky. And obviously the, 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 the higher the frequency or the more the wobble in layman's terms, the more uh, surface area is going to be presented to the relative wind. Yep. And so mapping that is, um, is like new territory. Yep. So that potentially could be something that we're experiencing because yep. tr to actually mapping that is ridiculously difficult to do mathematically yep. because it's, uh, it's really difficult to, to get a model of what's actually happening. But we know that it happens we just don't have something that effectively models it. Yep. <clears throat> so um, that would be something because A, if we would have used the data that incorporated aerodynamic jump into the equation, we would have been all over the place. Yeah, we've been super We would have been super crazy all day. and it would have what that would what think about that mentally. Yep. What that would have done. It would have it would have completely unseated the focus and said, yep. man, I got a problem. I, yep. have, I have an issue. Yep. But not relying on that and using just straight up no wind data yeah. and going with the the full value wind speed yeah. yielded perfect elevation. Well, so um, I think, and, and I don't ever see enough people do it, and I'm just going to continue to say this. Maybe, maybe people in the Pacific Northwest, but like any other place that I go uh, with competitive shooters, I mean, those motherfuckers stay on their kestrel, yeah. wrapped around their neck, and like when they start having elevation issues, guess what they start doing? They start manipulating they shit start in their kestrel, messing with the kestrel, yeah. right? They start fucking putting numbers in there, the inflating numbers that they shouldn't be, and like. I always write a fucking. Uh, what do we do? As soon as I get uh, on Friday, said, I get my altitude. We said, hey, DA means nothing to me. <laughs> That's another thing. DA get a, means go nothing. away from get away from DA guys. It doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean shit. Get a get a relative altitude, right? Figure out your average temperature and your humidity, mm -hmm. right? And then write a dope card out from fucking 100 to 1,000, and you know maybe if you, you're going to be shooting deeper, you know maybe go out to 1,400, right? Which is what what we did. Mm -hmm. Um, but that is now my fucking chart. Yep. Right. And I don't stray away from it. And if there's a deviation, guess what? I'm, I'm just making the 10th difference. Right. And I see it. I, and, and I, that's what we did. That's we what said, we did. It said, Hey man, it's like from here on out, take a 10th off yeah. of everything. And we're smashing center. Now's not the time to figure it out. I'm yep. not, and I'm not going into my fucking Kestrel or my, my ballistic app. And I'm like, not trying to inflate numbers. Oh, this is what was going to line up. It's like, no. Hey, guess what? I'm a 10th high consistently, so I don't care if I'm shooting at fucking 400 or 800. Guess Taking what? I'm came, I'm coming a 10th down mm -hmm. on my dope. And it worked. And it worked, right? It worked out mm -hmm. the whole match. Yeah. There was some, like, the thing that, the thing that, uh, I, I reinforced a lot of, uh, a lot of learning points after, after this weekend uh, in terms of just, um, just processing information, mm -hmm. visually processing information from where the bullet, bullet lands and really really staying focused that was one of those events that if you if you just cared about hitting the plate you might not hit the second plate mm. you know what i mean like if you didn't if you didn't carry that adjustment in terms of wind speed in your brain and applied that to the next target range yeah. you would most likely miss yeah because they were so small yep yep
you couldn't carry t very often, you know, like depending on if the spread was inside a hundred, cause we had a couple of stages where the spread was way more lateral yeah. and the range depth was, you know, a hundred yeah. less yeah. or less. It's okay to carry a 10th across the targets. Yeah. But when you go deep, everything's gotta be mile an hour. Everything has to be mile an hour. Yeah. And, and you have to pay attention to the mirage. So, so date, okay. So day two off the truck. Probably, oh yeah. Probably a very difficult <clears throat> stage, especially on day one for those poor bastards, right? Yeah, in, in those wind conditions. So the way this target, the way that the, we shot off a truck because I'm assuming we shot off the truck back of a truck because there was so much sagebrush, mm -hmm. right? But it was a pretty wide field of like lateral fire. Target distances yep. weren't bad. Like I think you, we started at like 400 and the furthest target was 640, but yep. it was a pretty wide spread. Target, and I just watched this video. Target one, two, three, and four all yielded the same direction and, and pretty much value. We got to target five. And I and missed. It, well, no, I was like, Kalen, I'm going to hold straight up because this is where, remember, we, when we get to that angle, we started seeing that right to left. Which one did I miss on that? No, you, 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 missed, you missed a straight up and it was off the left because Mirage started to really pick up. That's right. Right. And I didn't notice it, yeah. No, no, no. Well, because I shot on center and I hit it. And then I shot it just right before wind really picked well, up. I guess what I'm saying is that like I was so focused as soon as you said center, I was so focused on putting center hold on. Yeah, I yeah. didn't check the mirage before I shot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But it had shifted. Yep. And it pushed me off the left edge. Yep. And then, you know, you, again, you made only a point one correction to get back on target and you hit it. Yep. And then same thing for the last target, the 640. Uh, we both dialed. Uh, I think I held it because you, because you had a, you had a hold. So now I was like, okay, I'm going to carry that wind call over to this next one. I think I held two tenths. And then you try to hold two tenths, but you were also high again, mm -hmm. right? And off the left. And then you came, you came down and then add another 10.3 and then you connected, mm -hmm. right? But that was, a, I mean, we saw some really good teams in front of us shoot that. Uh, Bo and Sky that were right behind us shot that yeah. afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and they said they had a tough time. I know that was a tough stage, especially... Yeah. Especially with the, how 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 bad the, the mirage the, was, and the, the 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 how bad the mirage was in the wind patterns, because yeah. there was like a little draw. There was a, it was a there's a I know just from understanding the terrain out there that yeah. that draw between mm. us and those targets yeah. was deep, yeah. and that wind was getting sucked through that draw at a lot higher speed than like where the bullets going through the air. Yeah, that wind's going faster than where we see it. So you know, like I think. Before shooting a six creed at this type of event, let's say if I came to this event with like a six five creed more, like a six BRA, I, I think my my thoughts of this match were probably shooting like a Magnum, like a PRC that we talked about this, right? Yep. Like shooting a PRC, did, yeah. you know, or something heavy that was able to buck the wind. But you know, honestly, I, I think I wouldn't change the six creed more because especially on day two, when I was able to see every single trace of mine mm -hmm. like and and that was actually a question that i asked the team that was shooting with us like hey are you able to see your trace because they're shooting br variants you know mm -hmm. and uh and he wasn't and um again I, I talk about this with dwell time right talk about this with sh training with a heavier cartridge to to essentially train right. your brain to deal with that recoil impulse so that you're able to recover faster mm -hmm. to be able to see that bullet fly in the air and guys that were having elevation issues never made the correction because they couldn't see where they were missing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's, that'll kill you Yeah, on targets like that. Where... And, and, and especially how the backdrop and, and mm -hmm. I, I kind of wish like we had at least some kind of like phone scope up so that 
Because when you watch our videos that we probably put on here. If you weren't seeing Trace, you would not see where you missed. Yeah, because it's the stage front. Everyone, and everyone that was there knows that. Like everyone was talking about it. It's like just the way the backdrop laid and the, and the, and the ground laid. Like Many times. Yeah. Like everyone that, every target that we missed, the only indication, I mean, aside from like there were some <laughs> out on the, on the first day were out in the dirt. Right? Yeah, yeah. They were out in the dirt. You could see the splash. Yeah. But like the sagebrush stuff. No man, I'm looking. I can see the disturbance of the air yep. to the left of the target, and yep. it's just like, oh shit. Okay, I need yep. to add two tenths yep. or whatever yep. it is, yep. and and that's the only thing that was going to save you because that sage is going to swallow the <clears throat> bullet up, and you're not going to see it. Yep. And there's something to be said for that. Like there's there is something to be said for, um. You know, from a you know from a military sniper perspective, that if you could teach a dude how to do that. Right, like if he was shooting a weapon system that that he was able to do that, yeah, and see that, yeah, that's like that dude would be deadly accurate. Yeah, uh, you know, I would say with the three hundred eight and the prone, I can start seeing my trace past five hundred. Yep, four hundred and in, it's just too close. My my my, You're I'm not still, recovered I'm, I'm still re not recovered yet. Well, right? think about it. Like <clears throat> that is in a perfect position. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect position. Yeah, that's not. Three fucking rocks in your ribs. Yeah, or or you know you've just been you've just <coughs> exerted physically exerted yeah. yourself to the point of exhaustion, yeah. and you still have to do shit. Yeah. Like you're not. There's no way it's happening. We're literally hoping that we can see the splash, you know, and get recovered fast enough because everything's you know the position, your physical exertion, you know, all the things that go into that. But if you could get a dude a platform that is you know, that, that recoiled light enough, mm. but the bullet performed well enough to, to have the terminal effects that we're looking for. That's yeah. gnarly. Yeah. Gnarly. Yeah. You know, like I, I think why I was able to, to really like see every fucking bullet. Um, and like, I, I, I couldn't even make this up if I wanted to. Right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> was, because again, all the positional class, I was shooting my unbreak three way. Dude, I could watch your bullet yeah. like in the in the quadrant of yeah. my scope fly in and we, hit the target. Uh, There's a couple of times that I made mid flight corrections. Like I already knew when I pressed that wind hold, I was like, oh fuck, I'm off the right, or it was not enough wind, right? <laughs> and I'm 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 in my brain thinking, okay, I need to add another tenth or two to this follow up, mm -hmm. right? Um, and uh, yeah, dude, it's it's. Uh, it's like seeing trace um as a shooter i think that's where like what the next step is i think what when a lot of people ask okay well what's the next step in my process like well what are the percentage of trace that you can see for yourself mm -hmm. right yeah because <clears throat> sometimes it's always sometimes even dangerous to have a backdrop where the berm is directly behind the target mm. especially when the target's too small Mm -hmm. right and, and close because that bullet gets there and then you just see a puff of smoke yep right and you're like fuck really that, hard to find out did, exactly where it landed did that go left right or fucking underneath yep you know Agreed. unless you're able to follow the trace all the way to that target you know sometimes like i said that that having that immediate backdrop is is you know not good yeah agreed yeah it's that was just a uh, all in all fantastic learning experience yeah. Um, 
We'll do we'll use. do a gear video. Uh, I'm sure you guys are gonna ask us what gear what gear I, we ran. I did one. I did a I did a little vlog. I'm gonna edit it this weekend. Okay. Um, and uh, I can get that up. I got a lot of videos to edit, man. Yeah. I got I got the rifle painting video to edit. Um, I got my truck vlog video to edit. Um, and I got the I got the gear video from from Granite Creek to edit. So, nice. um, a lot of video editing, but uh, it's it's all gonna be great content. I'm super pumped for it. Um, we're going to do, I would like to do, I'm going to do, uh, a blog on this, um, a written, a type blog on yeah. this event as a debrief. We'll post it up in the network. Yep. Um, and then we'll, we'll direct traffic to it. We'll do an email on it too. Yeah. But, I, you know, especially for our, I said, our, I would say our community of modern day riflemen trying to make the most well-rounded riflemen that we can, these types of matches and not to take away from you know, the PRS or NRL, because I'm still going to compete in them. You sure. know, like, like I said, I believe the PRS and NRL for a, for a, a modern day rifleman has a purpose of where you can just focus on increasing your shooting craft. Yeah. Because that yeah, is the only thing that you're doing. Yeah. You're sharing wind calls and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you still have to pull your own trigger. Yep. You still have to build your own shooting position. So the, people can sit there. The fucking guys can sit there. And it's like, Oh, it's all just, you know, you, everyone's just sharing wind calls. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you still have to build your own shooting position and, and you, you still, still have to, to you still got to press your own trigger. Right. Yeah. So, you know, people that shoot really do at RTC matches. Well, how well did they do an individual match? Because those that shoot at individual, those individual matches easily can cross over to these matches. Right. Right. Cause they really have the shooting aspect down. Now they, they, and all they have to do is figure out how to find targets and, and lays on the clock. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. it's, it's just, it's just different. Right. I'm, I, I think we should I think we should shoot the the team safari in October. Yeah, yeah. I think we should do that. Yep, that'd be a good one. That'd be good. Because I have got I've got experience shooting the 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 steel safari. I know how that I know how Zach and Ray run the match. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I I love their format, and I've always wanted to do a team match there in yeah. that format. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think that'd be good. I, we definitely want to I want to shoot more. Has Mammoth opened? I don't think it's opened yet. I don't think it's we open should shoot yet. to shoot mammoth. We should shoot yeah. mammoth because because yeah. I mean the the ruck like the rucking is whatever it's yeah. not not an issue. Yeah. So let's just. But we won't fucking that. hashtag the fuck out of it and <laughs> training for mammoth <laughs> all that training shit. For mammoth. Not to yeah. like take a stab at you guys, but um, but to take a stab yeah, at you guys. Yeah. Uh, so everyone <laughs> that uh, was commenting on our picture today uh, from our congratulatory post. I would say about ninety percent of you yeah, guys you all were noticed on the whiskey, man. my half like, bottle uh, that I broke into. It wasn't even a half bottle; it was literally. It was like this. It was like that. Okay, so to give you guys a backstory, obviously we had a hell of a day. Yep. And we won the match, and we were rewarded this. Uh, we were in Montana, which is what nine hours. Nine hours from here. Yeah. Nine hours. So you know, Kaylin and I knew prior to like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna camp closer to halfway back mm -hmm. home to Yakima because I was going to be out here for, for all of June. And, uh, yeah, we found a camping spot and broke this wide open and, you know, talked about our performance and talked about, you know, uh, what we've got in the future of modern-day sniper. and Enjoyed just a, an evening yeah. of, of chill by the fire, yeah. by the campfire. So because of you guys that was so concerned, we decided to go ahead and finish the rest of the bottle. <laughs> uh on this podcast and uh wrap up with um wrap up with some housekeeping yep and some 
what's what's uh, what's what's next? So we got a lot of really cool shit coming down the pipe, Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. So we got a really uh, a lot of really rad shit coming. So just released the positional shooting course. That's like that that course is amazing. You did a fantastic job, dude. Like super detail oriented exactly what I I expected from your performance like you killed it. And if you guys haven't checked that thing out, man, I would have to say that that's probably going to be our most sought after digital course up to this point because I think that's where a lot of people's pain points are. Yeah. Is just the positional shooting aspect yeah. of it. I need to get better at this, but I don't really understand the roadmap of how to get there. Yeah. So that 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 happened. Um, the the subscription service is growing daily. That's yep. been amazing. Um, something else to remember, guys. Like if you were um, try to let everybody know that if you guys bought our online stuff on the original platform, like the Modern Day Sniper Schoolhouse. We've changed that platform over to a new one, and that new one is over at moderndayrifleman.com. And we've been sending everybody emails, and we know deliverability of emails can get a little dicey at times. So if you're listening to this and you're a customer over at the Kajabi site, migrate. please do us a favor and migrate over to the Modern Day Rifleman side because there will be a time we shut that platform down um, because the Mighty Network where we have the Modern Day Rifleman platform is just by far and away far superior. Like we'll talk about that at a later time, but um, everybody get on over there. So what else we got? What else we got coming? Uh, so we've got some in-person classes coming uh, mm -hmm. out here in Yakima. Uh, Kalen's doing a, a positional course and um, he's also doing a wind clinic, I think mid, mid, uh, mid July. Right. Yep. And if the wind gods do anything to us, like we've had done in the last yeah. couple of years, yeah. it's, it's, Friggin' nuclear out there. Yeah. Uh, we've got a back a backcountry hunter course at the end of June. Yep, we got slots available for that, guys. That's going to be awesome. Um, if you're looking to do some rad backcountry adventures, that's a course that we just love teaching. We witness we witness a lot of people's transformations on that course. Like people go through that course, and and they um, uh, majority of the people have never done anything like that before, and so they experience a a huge transformation in terms of like, Hey, I accomplished this. Yeah. I never didn't, I didn't think I could do this before. Yeah. And so it's a really badass course. Um, the Espe weather is going to be nice. Especially for if you've never been mentally tested. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. Uh, you, you definitely need to come in shape. Um, and yeah, just, it would be, it'd be wise of you just come in shape and yep. hydrated. Right. Yep. Uh, if you're, if you're thinking about coming to the course, you need to stop drinking soda. You need to stop eating fast food. You know, you don't need to go on a crazy like Atkins diet, but we highly recommend making sure you clean up as much as your eating habits as you mm -hmm. can. Because, uh, you know, I ha I've had a couple students uh, that came through uh, the class uh, that came through Heart Mountain, mm -hmm. and you know, he said that I just wasn't prepared. You know, right? Uh, but he came back and yep. crushed it. Oh yeah, Mr. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I love that guy, man. Yeah, he's dude, solid, so cool. solid individual, man. Yeah, super, super good. Yeah, dude. he's been here for reloading mentorship. Oh, too. is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that guy's yeah. bad. That was. So um, we don't have dates yet. Uh, I'm gonna talk to uh, uh, Pete Knipe, our good friend uh, from Precision Shooting Solutions that locked us on with Heart Mountain. And uh, we're gonna get some dates for so, some more 
So look, uh, be on the lookout for that. We're going to have a lot more concurrent courses in Cody and in Yakima mm-hmm. um, uh, to train with us. Um, and then, you know, most, I would say that most of the travel courses is when you and I will be together. Yep. But I think, you know, based off of how just the growth and, you know, locking on venues closer to home, you know, I could see us running, you know, mm-hmm. those concurrent courses and, totally. and stuff like that. Yep. Um, um, we're going to continue to expand, um, on both the, the digital side as well as the in-person side. So expect to see a bunch more courses offered in 2021. In or I'm sorry, 2022. 2022. Yeah, yeah, we got some pretty exciting news for you guys in terms of potential partnerships between, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a, a manufacturer, rifle building company, mm-hmm. and um, a, a training venue that uh, are very, very respected in the industry. Yep. Uh, you know, we haven't uh, ironed out the details of how that relationship looks like, but it's very promising, and we're definitely excited to. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not going to be one of those like, oh, you know, we're going to be teaching here. It's, it's going to be like, hey, mm-hmm. marketing's going to be on point for this. Just because, <laughs> I mean, it's important, right? It's like the, the firearms industry is so behind in terms of marketing. I mean, I feel like most of the firearms industry, their idea of marketing is throwing up, sending their product to a, a fucking chick that's hot, quote, slash influencer, mm-hmm. right? Or a, a person that's got a bunch of following, right? And promoting their product. Yep. You know? Agreed. And it's like, no, no, that's mm-hmm. not the way it's done. And, and, you know, nothing we do here at Modern Day Sniper's Average or no, and nothing we do is going to mi- mimic what other firearms companies doing. We are pulling our ideas from industries outside of the firearms community. You that's know? true. That's where I generate a lot of my, like, marketing ideas from. Yep. So. For sure, man. But this was good. Yeah, it was really good. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pumped. We're going to. We got the, the whole week together. Um, I'm going to be starting a new, I'm going to be starting a master class here pretty quick. The tripod Tripod class. shooting. Um, we've got some wind stuff. We're going to start doing like little miniature classes, mm-hmm. like little miniature lessons um, that are a little bit more, uh, I guess, easily digestible um, in a shorter amount of time. So uh, that's something that we're going to be focusing on here in the next couple, three weeks. So. Yeah, yeah. Check it. Yeah. Like I said, guys, check out that position. A lot of guys get questions and we probably should do a video about this, but you know, a lot of guys ask like, Oh, is it one, if it's a one-time purchase and then I got to watch all four hours and take copious amount of notes. It's like, no, no. Once you buy it, you You own that bitch for life. And we're going to add to it. Actually, I'm going to add more stuff to it this week uh, after doing some more classes Mm -hmm. this week uh, because you know, stuff's going to come up, you know, new techniques or maybe, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's new, some, some troubleshooting that I'm finding with, you know, um, building a shooting position position. But right now that course has over 60 videos, four and a half hours of, of content. Mm-hmm. And if anyone that has taken a PR 101 or 201 class with us so far, I mean, my positional class is an hour, hour and a half at tops. Right. And I mean, you chew, choke, swallow that bitch. Mm-hmm. And like, the amount of retention that you have from that actual is probably fucking 20%. And just be honest. Sure. Right. So unless you record me for those four and a half, that, that one and a half hours, you're probably not going to remember much. And not only that, I'm like giving you like an abbreviated version. Cause obviously we want yeah. you to shoot. Well, that's the cool, that's the, the overall benefit of being digital, yeah. right? Yep. You're not yep. constrained by time. Yep. You can do whatever it is that you feel as though you need, need to, yep. to teach the subject. And, 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 and I loved it, right? I was able to go into the depths 
that I wanted to with each video of like, hey, how, because, you know, I get the question asked, how are you building your standing? How are you building your kneeling? What are you, what are you doing? And I went into all that in, in the video, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and again, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to add to it. And, uh, and if you guys are listening to this and you already purchased this, don't watch it all at one. You need to like watch yeah, a, break a, it pe- a piece of it apply and then it. go straight out and apply it. Yep. Right. Like whether it be a dry fire or whatever, I would say not, not really a dry fire. I would say unless you're looking for the stability aspect, but like, you know, maybe watch a section on a Friday before getting ready to head to the range on, on Saturday and then go immediately apply it. Mm-hmm. And then make sure you bring your phone, make sure you have service and then rewatch it three or four times as you were trying to do it. Just like a workout, right? Like there's yep. a couple workouts that I've done. Like, I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just watch the person, you know, because you know, we have so many assets. I just watch him, how he's doing his movements. And I try to mimic that until I get it right. Mm-hmm. So exactly. But, uh, yeah. Um, we appreciate you guys. Thanks yeah, for all man. the love and support, especially Thank for those so that, uh, you know, shot Granite Creek. Everybody was very, very gracious and, yep. you know, yeah. uh, appreciative and, and, and it's like, it's super humbling for us too. So yeah. we appreciate everybody, every one of you guys. I forgot. I wanted to talk about this because I think it's important probably the coolest stage that I've ever shot so far was the mover with the hostage. <laughs> oh yeah. So, we'll, so, so mover stages go re- usually pretty quick, right? Cause like you can burn, I mean, they're typically two minute stages, but you can burn all 12 of your rounds in real fucking fast. real fast. So the way that, uh, Pete and Peter and Will set this, uh, stage up is that he had a target at 450 yards you had a confirmation target. You got to hit the confirmation target. Make sure your dope's good. good. And then you had a, like a probably fifty percent ipsic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right on a on probably like a I don't know forty foot track. It was short. It was a short track. In front of that track were four ipsics, full ipsics, and a fucking big ass tree. <laughs> you lit- maybe like two and a half mils was the max window. Yeah, on the far left. On the right? far left. Yeah. And so you had to shoot the mover. Right, while it was in between these hostage and, targets, and we were shooting, we were shooting six creeds at three thousand with some super fast, with some super ninja bullets, yeah. and and our lead was one, one five. five to center. Like, and Travis, Travis and Jesse shot a thirty eight, and we shot a thirty six, thirty four, a thirty four, and they were shooting three oh eight, three oh eight, yeah. <laughs> so, their lead was probably oh, like one eight, one eight time, yeah. like if not yeah. two point depending on what yeah. what was happening. But <laughs> so yeah, so if if man, so the shooter one shot all twelve rounds. You had to have two sh- two shots per pass, which I fucked up on a couple passes, so I lost two points there. Um, but as soon as any of the shooters, so if the first shooter or even the second shooter. Any of the the shooters shoot a hostage target. Your score's over with. Your score's over with. You keep yeah. the points that you, you, accrued, points you accrued, but you're done shooting. And I was like, dude, that is so legit. That's savage, man. Yeah. I was like, man. Yeah. We ended up getting all of our rounds off. The last round that I fired was an impact, and I missed one of those things. But I was like, I have to hit this fucking target. Yeah. Sent it, and it was like right over right the shoulder. Right over, or like over the shoulder, <laughs> over the head. God. <laughs> Uh, but that was probably one of like one of my funnest stages that I've shot. 
Yeah, because yeah, they had like they had like an O face, you know. They had like a sad, yeah, a sad, a sad like, face. Yep. Uh, you know, just again from a just a match director stage design standpoint, good job, Bill yeah. and Peter, and everyone that's listened to this that shot it is probably laughing. Some of you guys did probably shoot the hostage and were like, God damn it. <laughs> but uh, overall, fun stage. But yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. If you guys enjoyed it, uh, you know, leave us a comment. Um, check us out on uh, Instagram, Modern Day Sniper. Our individual handles, Kalen8541 and Vallejo underscore 0317. Check us out on the Mighty Network at moderndayrifleman.com. That's where we're living. It's a community. We just passed 1,000 members, and it is um, we released it February 4th. So um, there's all kinds of cool conversations happening in there already. Uh, so jump on in, become a part of our community, and um, check out what we got. So... Uh, until next time, guys. You guys know the drill? Keep your face on the gun.